you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, October 13th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of the host of the NFL Explained podcast, the co-host of NFL Total Access, Mike Yam. Welcome back to the pod, sir. Uh, dude, I'm pumped, man. We're coming off a, an exciting week five. We got week six on the horizon. Let's roll. You are in the right place at the right time, unless, of course, you are hoping to grind an axe about roughing the passer calls <laughs> or your Seattle Mariners fandom or your fantasy team. Look, no judgment, because there is a place for all of that. Some days, this is the place for all of that. But on this day, this ain't it. Today, we have but one question for every team in the AFC, the American Football Conference. That question, what's the thing that defines your team? What's the thing that could derail your team? Maybe in more dire cases, the thing that could destroy your team. Basically, what is the thing that we need to know about your team as we stand right now? As Michael said, week five behind us on the cusp of week six of the NFL season. Because the fact is, every NFL team has a thing. And today we're going to find out what it is. The Buffalo Bills, 4-1. Touchdown, Buffalo! 0-1 in the division, obviously, yeah. after that loss to the Dolphins. That memorable, grueling, sweat fest of a loss to the Dolphins. Here's what I did, Michael. I went around the office and I polled our colleagues. And it's amazing how much ground you can cover in terms of the NFL landscape, just going down one floor of this, this place, building? right? Oh, yeah. So I uh, found uh, at least, I found one Buffalo fan whose husband is also a Buffalo fan. And here's what she told me. What's the thing about Buffalo? This week is the thing. This week. The Buffalo Bills have to beat the Chiefs, she said. It's not about playoff standings. It's not about win-loss records. This team will very likely get the chance to prove what so many of us believe, that they are the best team in the NFL. But that doesn't happen this week. That's a January and a February thing, not an October thing. The October thing, the week six thing, is about proving something to themselves that they can get over this hump, this KC hump, this Chiefs arrowhead Mahomes, Reed, Bienemy, Spagnola, Hump. Do you agree? I think there's something to that. It's it's not necessarily play on the field. We talk about this all the time. Every time we do a, a show on NFL Network and it's total access, what are we talking about? What's actually happening on the football field? A lot of times what's happening in between the years of a lot of these players has as much of an effect. So I actually think that's a really astute observation from that Buffalo fan. Not to mention they made some tweaks. I mean, Von Miller now heading to Buffalo in this offseason. That was a move to help them get over the hump. How often do we hear about this, Andrew, where teams make moves in the offseason to put them in a position to win a division or beat the team that they can't necessarily beat? This team is as balanced. I, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I would find it hard to believe there's another team that can make an argument that the best offense and the best defense in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills 
can check those boxes. So for me, they are still one of the more complete teams that the league has. Hopefully they're healthy. That thing for them moving forward, I think, is still going to be health. But yeah, taking out the Chiefs this weekend, I think that'll go a long way. The Buffalo uh, Bills fan in question is our esteemed director, Sarah Reese. And she said, parenthetically, look, I don't want to bring up the injuries, but that's a very real thing. You yeah. mentioned it yourself. And of course, that team does need to get healthy. But the thing for the Bills, as we see it this week, is win this week. Worry about the rest later. Staying in the AFC East, the New York Jets, gang green. What's the thing? I believe, Michael, that the thing is belief, renewed belief. And I think as somebody who roots for another team in New York, you understand that. I also think that the thing in New Jersey, technically, for the Jets right now, is their backfield. It's Michael Carter and Brees Hall. A lot of talk about Zach Wilson, and he is obviously a pivotal part of this machine. However, I feel like they have something to build with in that backfield. And of course, it's always easier to build when you have people who believe. Good skill position players. I actually am with you. You know, we did a segment on Total Access this week, buying and selling. Who are those teams that you're buying on? Who are the teams that you're selling? And I was surprised the Jets didn't get a little more love. And I actually asked Willie McGinnis about that off air. And he's like, "Ah, I just need to see a little bit more. You know, and I'm with him. But this is also a team that didn't have Zach Wilson to start off the season. He's now 2-0. and And by the way, some of those costly mistakes that we saw from him as a rookie, like, that's been mitigated. The concerns that I had coming off of a knee injury about trusting his legs, trusting that knee, being able to cut, being a mobile quarterback, games that I've seen so far these last two weeks, that doesn't look like that's an issue to me. He's making the most of these opportunities with real dudes on the football field with him that I don't think we could have made that same case about this Jets team for a long period of time. So I actually, belief is there, but I actually think this team is young enough where they don't know what they don't know. They're just going out there and playing. And now that they have their quarterback ready to roll, I think there's a renewed sense of optimism and confidence that they have. Jets currently second in the AFC East, sitting at 3-2. and two, It's wild, uh, isn't it? Level on record, but ahead, of course, based on head-to-head with the Miami Dolphins, who we turn to now. Touchdown, Miami! Our good friend and colleague, MJ Acosta-Ruiz, is the biggest Dolphins fan I know. Her answer to the question, what is the thing? Grit, she said. Why? Because that's what the thing has to be yeah. right now and going forward. I think she makes a good point. Yeah, especially because that grit is going to be on full display. You, you know, Tua not playing, the health of Teddy, you know, Thompson, Skylar Thompson, the, the third-string quarterback who, who, you know, McDaniel even said, like, didn't look great. There's still enough production on the football field, but the exact opposite of what the Jets are dealing with, like, they lost their top two dudes. When, when Tua goes down, you say, oh, it's all good. I got an NFL starting caliber quarterback yep. in Teddy Bridgewater. Now, all of a sudden, I got a rookie yes. that, that is now kind of looking not so great. So it's, where are those pick-me-ups? This roster is still really good, but grit is a good way to describe it. This is going to be a little bit of a hit for this team. Um, you know, two has missed games, though, right? This is season three for him. It's a little disappointing. This is not his fault. This is not, you know, he slipped on ice. Not that that would happen in Miami, but you know, I'm a Northeast guy, so that's what I think of in the winter that is now looming. But, you know, for me, you, this is another stretch of games that he's not going to miss. This team's going to have to figure it out. Tua ruled, officially ruled out for week six. We will see what week seven brings. Let's finish off our AFC East conversation with, of course, the team that for the longest time dominated this division. Uh, Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. Touchdown, New England! Bailey Zappies, 
New England Patriots. There they sit at two and three, hardly out of the conversation, not far behind, really, in the big picture, um, but last currently in the AFC East. Talk to a Patriots fan, not Willie McGinnis, and the word <laughs> they used is doubt. Doubt is the thing in New England, as he said, and the reason is because that's what they thrive off of. Yes, we've got a third-string quarterback, a no-name roster really up and down that entire roster, a play caller who is allegedly out of his depth, and a head coach who is allegedly seeing his time pass him by. And of course, his response to that was, y'all sure about that? Yeah. And I think that's right. This is a team that thrives on being doubted. They love being the underdog as rare a role as that is for them to play. Do you agree with doubt or do you see what's the thing for you with this Patriots team? I'm not a Patriots fan, but I don't doubt them. You know, did you watch Last yeah, Dance, exactly. the documentary? They, they create a lot of they, that. They, their they own do. narratives, don't but they? But that's what I'm thinking about because there's that, that famous scene in Last Dance where Michael Jordan, you know, he starts talking about how he came up with fake stories to motivate him. Right, like, right. I was doubted. No one ever doubted MJ. You know what I mean? So for me, it's Belichick. And I, I think you know the Lions were a team where I was feeling kind of confident. I thought the arrow was pointing up for yeah. them. They put a donut up. This is one of the more zip. zip, man. This is one of the more explosive offenses that we have in the NFL. Belichick goes with Bailey Zappi against the Packers, who's got Zappi's got to come in after Hoyer goes down Correct. and they force overtime yes. at Lambeau yes. with Aaron Rodgers. Man, you don't doubt this team. If that to me didn't put the rest of the league on notice, there's still a lot. You know, Belichick has forgotten more football than any of us will ever know. I don't doubt this team, uh, but I, I do think it's a creative narrative that they, they might want to put in their heads. I still think this team can thrive. It's got a chance still to even win this division. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast, sitting with Mike Yam, the host of NFL Explained podcast, co-host of NFL Total Access. And the question of the day is, what's the thing? What's the thing Thursday? Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but that's the question on the board. Let's turn now to the AFC North. The AFC North currently led by the Baltimore Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens at three and two. An easy Baltimore touchdown. They have two losses on their record, and yet they have been behind in games this season for a combined total of 11 minutes. So that three and two record flatters everybody else, does not flatter them. Here's the thing, according to two Baltimore Ravens fans on our staff, they both said versions of the same thing. Pay Lamar. The thing for this team is the thing that wasn't done before the season to pay Lamar, to put that to bed, which I found interesting. I found that to be somewhat myopic because for me, the thing is defensive vulnerability. Uh, what's the thing for you? I, I'm with you on that. It's, it's, their success does not hinge on paying Lamar this season. 
their success is exactly what you just mentioned. How do you make sure that you can finish games? You know, those two losses, you got a 20-point lead and a 17-point lead at home, and you lose those games. We are literally minutes away from calling the Ravens the best team in the NFL as opposed to a 3-2 and football team. While all of us know Lamar is going to get paid and deserves every penny that he's going to get, this team's identity has always been led by their defense, and at times this defense this season has let them down. That's my concern. I actually thought it was a great positive to see the other day against Cincinnati. You know, the Bengals have sort of carved them up offensively, and for them to relatively keep Cincinnati in check to me was a big win. The team sitting in second place in that division behind the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns. Touchdown, Nick Chubb! Two and three. 1-0 in the division. You know our friend Todd Mossberg. Todd, what's the thing for your team? He said, if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson being in the building, being in the near future for this team, Kevin Stefanski and Joe Woods would be unemployed. That's the thing for him, which I found interesting because, no, we don't put people out of jobs. And, yes, this is a a very learned football expert, the colleague that I'm quoting, um, sharing his visceral, personal, fandom reaction and saying this is not a convincing coaching duo, defensive coordinator Joe Woods and Kevin Stefanski. For him, that's the thing. And I think that's fair because I I defer in all matters, Browns, to Browns fans. It's almost impossible for us on the outside to predict from week to week what they're going to be, to predict from season to season what they're going to be. It doesn't seem to matter how good their roster is or how bad their roster may be. They always seem to end up in this strange, undefined, ill-defined place. What, for you, Mike Yam, is the thing about the Browns? Polarizing is the word that I come up with when I think about this football team. That's that's fair. You know, Michael Robinson said this to me off-air the other day about this squad. He's like, hey, you know, when Deshaun comes back, like, this team's got the potential to be really good. And I think he's on to something if we think Deshaun is Deshaun Watson. I'm not necessarily convinced that's a lot of time without playing football that he's been away. We got glimpses of of him in the preseason. I wasn't like, oh, my God, he looks like Deshaun Watson off of that delay. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, he's allowed back in the team facility, I think, this week. As of yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. So I think you got all the talent in the world on that roster. If you have a perfect roster but have a figure, no one likes distractions. I don't. Look, they, they rolled the dice in a big way, giving him the money that they gave him. Guaranteed money. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They put not only a target on their back because of that signing, but I think every place they go, they're kind of an easy team to hate. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, it is easy to not feel good about Watson and that move from that organization. So... Uh, to me, I, it's hard because from a football perspective, I look at that one-two punch in that backfield and say, my Lord. And not for nothing, how different did this conversation be if you know we're watching a field goal go through the uprights yeah. in what was a very questionable fourth down decision from Brandon Saley and the Chargers? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Browns get uh, the aforementioned Patriots next at home Sunday morning. Let's stay in the AFC North, the next team, the defending Super Bowl runner-up, Cincinnati Bengals. Touchdown! Nice! Nice! Bengals! Nice! Cincinnati Bengals fan, Alan Flowers. Oh, Flo. Flo said that the thing for his Bengals, absence. Absence of a win in the division, they sit at 0-2. And more importantly for him, the perceived absence of Jamar Chase in that offense, who, remember, last year, 100 and 
almost 30 sure. targets, 81 catches, 1,455 yards, and 13 touchdowns. His numbers this year are not shabby by any stretch, and yet he does feel, it feels, as if this is a team still trying to figure out a way to work him into the offense. What's the thing for you and the Bengals? Get big is is how I would describe it, right? Um, you made some real big additions. Part of the reason why, and I give a lot of credit to that front office, part of the reason why they were in the Super Bowl a year ago is because of the additions that they made defensively in that last offseason. The offensive pieces have been there because of the draft. They've done a really nice job from that perspective. They've realized that there was massive issues on that offensive line. They make those adjustments. Got one returning guy on that offensive line from last season and yet there's still issues. I think those issues are part of the consistency problems that we're seeing from Chase. Um, you know, Mixon played well uh, in that loss against the Ravens. I think it's almost been surprising to see some of his numbers. I haven't gone through a game log, but, you know, every single Sunday as we're watching a lot of these games, I go, uh, like, really, Joe? Like, I, I kind of thought more. A lot of these questions stem around what we're seeing up front. So I say get big, and hopefully this offensive line gets more cohesion and is really the thing that puts them back in that Super Bowl conversation. Let's finish the AFC North with the team at the bottom of the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Touchdown, Pittsburgh! Sitting at one and four, they do have a divisional win, but there they are at one and four. Certainly not the Steelers team that we are used to. It doesn't look like a Steelers team we are used to. TJ Watt's absence is massive. When I asked our colleague and friend, Jen Kosky, the biggest Steelers fan I know, what's the thing for your Steelers? She said, no. Watt. I think that's probably accurate yeah. because without a defining presence on that defense, that team cannot be what is in their DNA to be. They still have a lot of pieces. She's hopeful about Kenny Pickett. She likes the way he looks. She likes the way the team feels with him there, but yet they feel a long way off, don't they? They do. How about like those fiery moments from Pickett? You know, like the team's a little bit of a, you know, scrum over the weekend. I actually like that fire. And to me, that's the it thing for me is how do you channel that on the offensive side? Because here's the best news that we got on on Watt. His season's not done. He's coming back and is still going to be a, ma a massive force. Think of Fitzpatrick. I I've said this on this podcast with you, Andrew, numerous times. Like, you know, I don't know if I call him now, but there was a stretch. I was like, man, he could be the defensive, defensive player, player of the year. Of the year absolutely. I mean, he was in the, he was on the short list in the conversation solidly no without doubt. a doubt. No doubt. Now it doesn't help the fact that. Watt hasn't been up there to, to put some pressure, more pressure on quarterbacks to put him in a better position on the back end of that defense. But fiery, like I want to see some of that fire, and I think we're going to see that. But they got their butts kicked over the weekend, and that, that was tough for Steeler fans, I think, to see. Because even when they're not winning, Andrew, like they don't, they don't get their butts kicked like that. No, they don't. They don't. Uh, tough game in particular for Mika Fitzpatrick, yeah. who had darn near perfect leverage on Gabe Davis who makes an elegant, spectacular one-handed catch and then rips the ball out of Minka's hands in the end zone. He loses two ways. Not the Steelers deal. team we are used to. I'm not crying for the Steelers. How many Super Bowls do they have? They got a couple. Yeah. We now move to the AFC West, which, of course, is led by the Kansas City Chiefs. Touchdown, Kansas City! 4-1, 2-0 in the division. Kansas City Chiefs fan, Jose Colomer, another director. All these directors sounding off. I just want to direct. I know. <laughs> His word... Patience. Patience is the thing for Kansas City because they are showing that they have the patience to be what they need to be without Tyreek Hill. You buying that? No. <laughs> no, I, I would not use patience. I don't know what the one word would be. The four words that I would say is uh, all gas, no brakes, because this team 
is still more than capable to putting up tremendous amounts of points. Their offense still scares the bejesus, I think, out of every defensive coordinator. Knowing what we saw from Travis Kelsey, knowing what Patrick Mahomes is capable of doing, spreading the ball out. Sure, you can make an argument that the explosive plays that Tyreek brought to the table, you need to be patient because maybe those don't exist. They can still score in bunches. And here's the mark of a really good football team. When you get outplayed and you still find a way to win. And in my mind, I thought the Raiders were the better football team the other I agree. night. So I, patience, man, like this team's good. They are good. And that was an important win because it was a division game. It was one that the Raiders needed to have. I still think we see Vegas make a run here. Team in second place in the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers. Touchdown, Chargers! Right across the street, SoFi Stadium, the Bolts, sitting at 3-2. and two. Quietly for me, sitting at 3-2. and two. I feel like this is re- annually an overlooked team. What is the thing for the Chargers? This is one of those blank spots on my list for me. I don't know what the thing is for the Chargers. I know what Herbert can be. I certainly am being reminded lately what Austin Eckler is. Um, I have I have not seen what I thought would be a dominant yeah. uh, front seven on that defense, front four certainly. Um, I've seen all of the aggression from their head coach that we are used to seeing, but what comes with it, all of the doubts that we have had about that aggression and that head coach. Help me. What's the thing for the Bolts? Don't you think about the word that MJ Acosta-Ruiz used for right. the, the Dolphins? Yeah, I think grit's the same thing because – you know, I was down there in August for for training camp, and there's this narrative around this team. Even though you think they're good, even though you think the pieces are there, you know, they're going to figure out a way to just be the Chargers. And, you know, if you, if you know, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know, I'll explain it to you. You know, the Chargers have been known as a team that just figures out ways to, to sort of lose. At, you know, like that's not... I like this roster. I think everyone liked their roster coming in. I think the grit is on full display. I was very concerned. Slater goes down. Bosa goes down. The running game wasn't get wasn't going. I'll tell you what, Austin Eckler these last couple weeks here has been a monster. Coming off a career high, what, buck 73 on the ground. Previous high was 117. He couldn't find yardage, couldn't find the end zone those first few weeks of the season. I think the grit is on display right now. The fact that we're talking about them, considering significant losses and injuries, uh, Herbert's ribs, and the fact that they're in second place in, the, in that division, I, I think there's some grit that we are seeing from this Chargers team. What's the thing for the Bolts? the grit. What's the thing for the Broncos? Touchdown, Denver! Who now sit directly behind the Bolts in that AFC West at 2-3. and three. Still surprised wow. that they have two wins on that record. They are winless in that division. Only one game played in that division. What is the thing for the Denver Broncos? The easy answer, of course, is uncertainty. Yeah. That's the thing. Uncertainty in play calling. Uncertainty of, I wouldn't say credibility. The man got the job based on what we saw him do in Green Bay, and what he did in Green Bay was spectacular. But uh, some questions, uh, some uncertainty, I suppose, is the word about Nathaniel Hackett in that head coaching position. And a word that came up in our production meeting today was regret. Is the thing in Denver regret? Regret about giving Russell that deal and all that money? Regret about bringing Nathaniel Hackett in? It is a cynical response, and I don't like cynicism, and yet is that the thing, regret? Buyer's remorse on that deal, right? Is that what it is? I... Give me something more hopeful. Here, here's, here are the two things that, well, one, I would say panic, because I, I would be panicked right now. Panic is not more hopeful, but that not, may be more accurate. But I will say this, curiosity. Like, how curious can you be around an offense that does have some pieces? Now, Williams going down yeah, in that backfield Williams is a problem, right? Um, but it's still Russ. 
shoulder injury, which doesn't make me feel optimistic, which is why there's some panic that's in there because it wasn't like, you know, the, the, the train was on the tracks. But there's got to be a curiosity around this team. You know, Hackett's first-time coach, got some help now, game management issues that we've seen, play-calling issues. How often do we want to see success like that? Maybe that's just not what this team is. I'm not sold, but I think we can be curious about what feels like a little bit of a science experiment. P.A. Erica, Raiders fan. Touchdown, Raiders! Here we go. When asked about her Las Vegas Raiders, she said, what's the thing? Hope. And I agree with her. After what we saw in KC on Monday night, I am very hopeful about this Raiders team. So I make, I am making the thing unilaterally, executive decision, I'm making the thing the number 12. Because by the end of week 12, this is a team that has the potential, after what we saw on Monday in KC, to be 7-4, and four, yeah. to rewrite their season story. They have a bye this week, then they play the Texans, then the Jags, then the Saints, then the Colts, then the Broncos, then the Seahawks. A couple tricky fixtures there for sure. Saints, not an easy out. Yeah. Seahawks, the way they're playing, not an easy out. Divisional games, never an easy out. Uh, AFC South opponents, impossible to predict. And yet, it is not inconceivable to look at that schedule and say, I would not be surprised if the Las Vegas Raiders are 7-4 and four by the end of Week 12. Cosign in a big way. They are the scariest one-win football team in the NFL. And if you're not scared, if you're one of those opponents over the next few weeks, just look at the tape of what happened in Kansas City against the Chiefs. They have lost now four games, Andrew, by a combined 14 points. Two of those losses... I think they had a 17-point lead and a 20-point lead, if my memory serves me correct. The point is, like... This is a team that's good and still trying to figure it out. As much of a science experiment I just said Denver is, I think it's kind of the same thing with the Raiders, but I'd much rather be Vegas than I would be Denver right now. I think they are the best. This is hardly an innovative thought. I think they're the best one in four team in NFL history. I think you can make that argument. Hell, Mooch was sitting in this seat a couple weeks ago when they were one and two, and he said they're the best one and two football team he's ever seen. There you go. So... AFC South, we're going to go through this very quickly. Tennessee Titans. Touchdown, Titans! Lead the AFC South at 3-2. and two. My brother, season ticket holder to the Titans, John Fitzgerald-Levy. Shout out. What up, bro? Big bro. When I asked him, what's the thing about your Titans? He made a sound. He didn't provide an answer. No words. He's the president of a publishing company. He couldn't come up with a word. He just merely made a sound that sounded a little bit like dismay, disappointment, with a little note of hope that came on at the end. Mike Yam, what's the thing for the Titans? Give me the king. Give me the king, man. I, I'm not ready to write this team off just yet. You know, there's been some times I've seen uh, Derrick Henry on the football field this season. I said, all right, like he's still, still got that potential, that big body, that's still that bruiser, that guy that's got that speed who can take things to the house here. I, I get it. I'm also not a Tennessee fan, so it's easy for me to, to at least have some level of optimism here. And I know it's tough without AJ in that offense and seeing Traylon Burks go down and, and not necessarily even seeing the production that you wanted to from him. Look, they're not the team they used to be. That, that I will admit, but I, I don't think they're a bad football team. And in that division, it still can be had. I see this division as having four teams that are not bad football teams. I also see this division as having four teams that are all bad football teams. Indianapolis Colts. Touchdown! Oh, 
Y-N-D-Y! Our second in that division at 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Help me understand, what is the thing in Indy? One of, the, one of the answers that was thrown out earlier today was age. Yeah. And the age, unfortunately, falls squarely on the shoulders of their quarterback, yeah. Matt Ryan. That's too reductive. That's too simple. What's the thing for the Colts? I say sorrow. How often have we seen this team this season? And once again, not a Colts fan, not a Matt Ryan fan. I mean, they do well, great. Uh, injuries have mounted up for them. Yes. Jonathan Taylor, Pittman missed a game. I got to tell you, I watched Matt Ryan drop back, and I see players in his grill so quick. I legit was feeling bad for him yeah. in that game against Denver. I'm yeah. like, we could talk about age. Tell me the quarterback, Kyler, Lamar, you know, give me the quarterback that's mobile enough to get out of some of those situations. That's not why you brought Matt Ryan in. No. He's not even get, been given an opportunity to be the Matt Ryan that he was supposed to be. So I actually, sorrow is the word that I use because I do feel bad for, for that team and what we've seen offensively so far. Possibly a missed opportunity too because when you see how the game evolved for guys like Big Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, what did they do faster and better the older they got? Get rid of the Get football. The time between snap and release for both of those guys was hovered under three seconds yeah. for the last X number of years of Ben's career and all of these late years in Brady's career. They have matured. They've perfected the part of their game they needed to perfect in order to preserve their body. You want to take that hit? No. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I think heading into this season in one of our preview packets, if I'm not mistaken, Next Gen uh, Stats had it. Ben Roethlisberger still had the fastest out time with his football last season in his final. Like, think about that. These dudes knew what they were capable of doing and how to stay on the football field. I don't blame them. Like, they got to they gotta figure it out. But once again, I mean, that offensive line has not looked good. It's actually looked pretty bad. For it us. has looked pretty bad. Michael yeah. Robinson called out Quentin Nelson in particular and said, listen, he's a, he's a fantastic player. He's a deserved all-pro talent. Yeah. And yet, if you take a closer look at the tape, the man is not doing his job the way he has done yep. it in the two previous seasons. Yep. Let's move to the Jags. And the Jags have scored! Started the season so interesting. I'm not saying they've lost interest, but they've certainly lost momentum. There they sit at 2-3 and three in the AFC South. What is the thing for this team? I think one of the things for this team can be possibility because, again, they are in this division, and anyone in this division has to be thinking with hope about the possibility of making a playoff run. How? Not compared to the rest of that conference, but compared to the rest of this division. Find a way to win this division. Can they do it? What's the thing for the Jags? Two words. Not ready. Not ready. Too young, so, too soon, oh, not yet. My Lord. are you? And I was buying on them. I mean, you, you know, like yes. all the guys that have been doing this yep. podcast with you, like I've been kind of going, you know, on the mat for this team. And, and, but to see that effort against a Houston team, no disrespect, but... God, now I feel like we're doing our segment on, on TA. Yeah. But, like, you got to win that game. And I'll take it a step further here. You know, the last couple of days I've been thinking about what we've seen from this offense. Trevor Lawrence was put on this pedestal of pedestals of quarterbacks. I got to tell you, like, I'm starting to go, you know what? Is he the guy that we all thought he was going to be getting drafted? I saw every one of his games at Clemson, premier talent, slam dunk to take him one overall. I get all that stuff. But the turnovers that we've seen this season, you can't do that and expect to win. And I know everyone's like, hey, give him a mulligan because what happened to year one with their Meyer? And I, I understand that. And I think 
that's the reason why any Jags fan, the ones that do show up, because that's all those disappointing to see Duvall look the way it looks yeah. inside that stadium. I'm disappointed. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast with the host of the NFL Explained podcast and the co-host of NFL Total Access, Mike Yam. Really glad you're here today. We have gone through each team in the AFC, 16 teams. We have told you what our colleagues and what we believe is the thing for each of those teams. Next week on What's the Thing Thursday, we'll get to the NFC. But before we do, as a way of teasing it, as the last question to you, sir... What's the thing for your New York Giants? Now, I want you to know that your, your colleague, Amanda Carey, when asked that very same question, her answer, joy. Joy to be a New York Giants fan again. She sees joy in the faces of those players who are glad to be New York Giants players again. Residual anxiety was part two of her wow. answer, which is all a part of being a New Yorker, as you know, oh, yeah. that Saquon stays healthy and that Daniel Jones can be his best and prove the mounting number of doubters and critics wrong. What is the thing for the Giants? Proud. That's how I feel. Pride, he I mean, says. How many times? Pride cometh before the fall, my Yeah, I, well, that's part of the reason. You mentioned I'm a weird combination of, and people in, in the Northeast and New Yorkers certainly know, I'm a weird combo of Mets Giants. It's usually Giants, Yankees, and, and uh, Jets, Mets. So I, I had that optimism, but I got to tell you, I saw some of that negativity in the postseason with uh, on the baseball side. I am, I almost feel like I'm waiting for that other shoe to fall off, and I think that's what's disappointing. So I will ride this wave right now with the G-Men. We had Eli Manning on the show. I was pumped. I was like, here we go. Let's talk about the G-Men. I've just been handed a note. We have three minutes. Okay. Uh, we have three minutes before they pull the plug. Thank you. I'm getting a nod over here. In that three minutes, I have two questions. One, this notion of waiting for the other shoe to drop, do you happen to know the derivation of that? Do you know where that comes from? No, I, I wish I did. A one-shoed one human being from back in the Middle Ages. Well, where does this come from? Somebody look that up and, uh, and tweet us. Um, second question, your Giants at home, I believe, host the Baltimore Ravens, who we spoke about before. A dangerous Baltimore Ravens team. Look, any team with... Uh, Lamar Jackson, any team with number eight is going to be a dangerous team. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, here's I've been doing the reverse psychology thing. I've picked the Giants one time this season. Oh, look at you. And is it working? It is, because I picked them on a Monday night, <laughs> and they lost that game at home to the ah, Dallas the Cowboys. Play. And now I, I'm taking full responsibility for that loss. So I have not picked them at all. Here's what I will tell you. You got two of the most dynamic, explosive players in the NFL on the football field in Lamar and Saquon Barkley. Cannot wait to see the show that they put on schematically, and we've chronicled it on NFL Total Access on the TV side as well about 
what Brian Dayball is doing from a scheme standpoint that has this team successful, I feel cautiously optimistic that they will win. By the way, do you want to know where the phrase came from? I do. Okay. Uh, God, I love Google. Uh, in the tenements of New York City, of course it's a New York thing. Of course thing. it is. In the late 19th Residual <laughs> anxiety rears its ugly head yet again, historically. Go. Right. In the tenements of New York City in the late 19th and early 20th century, apartments were built with bedrooms on top of one another. It was common to hear your upstairs neighbor take off a shoe, drop it, and then repeat the action. It became shorthanded for waiting for something you knew was coming. By the way, wow. apartments have not changed. I deal with this problem currently. It's part of the reason why I have two cups of coffee. I love it. I hear my upstairs neighbors all the time at five in the morning and it is completely annoying. I hear the high heels walking in the apartment. It really bothers me. I feel like I need a therapy session with you off air about this topic. I want to thank today's guest, today's very special guest, history professor Michael Yam, <laughs> the host Googler. of the NFL Explained podcast, the co-host of NFL Total Access. Join us on Friday. That's tomorrow for Friday answers to Sunday questions like who wins in week six? What's the score? Who stars? And who is on upset alert? Two games you know we are focused on. The TA game of the week, the Sunday night NFC East clash. Cowboys in Philly to take on the unbeaten Eagles. We'll give you picks and predictions for that. And of course, if there's one game to watch all week, I'm sorry, it's got to be Bills and Chiefs. Yeah. That's Sunday afternoon in KC. A rematch of that unforgettable divisional heart breaking on one side, heart bursting on the other side, uh, divisional playoff game between the Bills and the Chiefs. Who wins that one? Are the Chiefs on upset alert? No. Why? Because they're not favored. They're underdogs at home by three. Is this an injustice? We'll talk about it all tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.